Welcome to the Steve Barkley Ponders Out Loud podcast. As instructional coaches and school leaders, you have a challenge to guide continuous teacher growth that promotes student success. This podcast looks to support you with strategies from our experienced guests and insights that I've gathered across many years. I'm thrilled you're here. Thanks for listening. Wellness Support for Students. Maria Brera, the founder and CEO of Clayful, is our podcast guest today. Clayful provides students with an app connection to wellness support, both in and out of school, from trained coaches. I've asked Maria to share what she sees as students' wellness needs and how her work at Clayful is addressing that need. Welcome, Maria. Thank you so much for having me. So uh, I wonder, for starters, you want to talk a little bit about what you see as as students' wellness need today? Yeah, I mean, I can start with what the CDC has really come out and said. They've done a ton of research on the topic, both like pre-pandemic and post. And the, I'm, I'm going to just mention some of the stats here, and then I'll tell you how those are connected to the stuff that we see on a day-to-day basis. So. In 2021, almost half of high schoolers, 44%, reported feeling sad or hopeless during the past year. And that's up from 26% in 2009. So huge increase in, you know, a little bit over 10 years. From there, the recent report that they published said that nearly three in five, so 57% of girls felt persistently sad or hopeless, which is double that of, of boys. And that's a 60% increase in the highest level reported. So a lot of the conversations we have is that there's been mental health challenges like throughout the world, (laughs) throughout us existing. And the pandemic really heightened a lot of those. And like it opened up a Pandora's box and ones like we can no longer contain them. And they're now, let's say, like infiltrating their way into all these different places, schools being one of them. And, and affecting our communities in a way that they never really had before, right? If you look at the increase in suicidality and kids ending up in the ER on a day-to-day basis, if you look at the instances of gun violence in, in schools in particular in the U.S., like there's these feelings of sadness, of hopelessness, of, of loneliness, of anxiety are really presenting themselves in extreme and acute ways. And we see that every day with the schools that we're working with. What's interesting for us is that we are, and we'll talk more about the work that we're doing, but because we support across the spectrum of care, we're helping students not just when they reach that breaking point, but rather before then, right? So what we see are the precursors to a lot of these very extreme data points, things like the academic stress that kids put on themselves, the bullying and the fights with friends that happen both online and offline and the impact of social media and challenges at home and how those get presented in and affect kids' day-to-day lives. So we we really spend a bulk of our time there in the things, you know, before the breaking point. And our goal is to give kids the resources, coping skills, strategies to manage those so that they don't get to that breaking point. Because 
at the end of the day, the stats keep on continuing to increase. And our point of view is that, and to really end the crisis, we can't just, you know, attack and be responsive. We need to help before they ever get to that point. So schools have been, schools have been hit with the need to respond without increased funding, without increased staff at the same time that communities are looking for schools to increase student learning across all the academic areas. I mean, schools have to handle it all. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we love them for that. I mean, there's there's different states that, yes, are providing specific funding. And of course, the pandemic relief funds are able to be leveraged for these recovery programs. A lot of the school districts we talk to and work with were leveraging that that fund, those funds to hire more counselors and get more people into their buildings. And some of them were able to, but a lot of them weren't because the goal of providing more mental health support with mental health professionals means in the building means you have to get those people in the building. <laughs> yeah. And it's in a at a time where mental health profession the mental health profession is seeing a dearth of providers and the demand is so high that the existing providers can't meet it. It's really hard to fill that gap. My wife's an elementary counselor and uh, so she's got 300 300 plus students with oh. with one one yeah. counselor uh, uh, addressing that. That's a lot. I mean, the the American Society of School Counselors, uh, their recommendation is 250 students per counselor. And most states don't meet that. There's districts we work with that have 750 students per counselor, right? And, and you can just imagine, I mean, talking to your wife and seeing her date, imagine that if that number doubled or tripled. So... With Clayful, you, you've taken an approach to use technology uh, to, to respond. So, why don't you give folks a, a, a description of the of the process that you're uh, that you're offering? Yeah, we are really thinking about leveraging technologies and humans to provide the support that kids need, and really to meet them where they're at. Right? If you think about today's teenager. They're used to being on their phones. <laughs> They're used to chatting with their friends online. They're used to Googling things when they have any, when they have a question, right? They're, they're already sort of living their lives with sort of this <laughs> device as an extension of themselves. So why don't we provide mental health support through that as well? And right now, going back to like these schools trying to, trying to address the crisis by adding more people. One, they're not able to, and two, even when they do, they the people get sort of capped out with the high security need cases, and then everyone else doesn't get support. And even if they if they are, let's say, like comfortable enough or vulnerable to go into the room, the counselor's office, it, it takes a while to get there, right? Like crossing the boundary of like, okay, I'm going to go into this office can be a really scary thing for people. I know it was a really scary thing for me. And our goal is to really make decrease all the friction possible, <laughs> but make it as easy as possible for a kid to reach out and say like, oh, hey, there's something I want to talk about. And it doesn't need to be a big deal. It doesn't need to be a crisis point. It doesn't need to be like you're at a breaking point, but rather it's like, oh, I 
have a really a test that I'm really stressed about tomorrow. I want to talk to someone about that. Or my friend posted something mean about me on Instagram and I want to get, I, I don't know how to have that conversation with them. So when the, when the student, when the student has the, has the need, walk us through what does the student do and how does Clayful respond? So when we roll out with the school, every student gets an account. So right away, every student has access through their school email and they can log in both through a personal device or their school issued device. So equity and access is really important to us. We want to make sure that students can access it regardless of you know whether they have a device at home or not. When they want to talk to someone, it's all on demand. So they don't have to schedule an appointment for you know Wednesday at 11 a.m. and miss class, but rather they can feel the thing and then right away get connected to a coach within 60 seconds. So immediate support. Imagine if your wife had that. <laughs> Well, she's like, you know, helping another student if the, the student that needed help in that moment could get that support right away. She does and have then, them three and four deep sometime in the waiting chairs. So exactly. <laughs> Even if they could get support while they're waiting, yeah. right? Like and have have another perspective, be able to sort of practice what they might say, think about what their emotions are. Like imagine how much more impactful the conversation with your wife would be if they already came sort of prepped, right? So that's at the core of it. They can reach out and then through that conversation, get all these tools, get, or just like get someone that listens to them, someone to vent to, someone that won't judge them, right? That's a big deal. For Using them. the term conversation, that's text conversation. Correct. It's all chat-based. Yeah. So they're chatting back and forth, um, exchanging gifts every now and then and emojis <laughs> and lots of conversations happen in during the school day, right? So they'll be, especially at lunch, actually, a lot of kids come in during the lunchtime, uh, whether it's because they're lonely and don't have anyone to talk to or because there's, you know, something coming up at school that's that they want to talk through. So with all that, they can have the conversation, get the skills, take those skills back, sometimes share with their friends. And then once they're done, they're done. And they can come back whenever they want, either to continue the conversation about the thing that they came in about or to talk about something new. So always sort of on demand for them. And, and the student is a driver of the conversation, which is really important for us. Like we want to really empower our kids to figure out what is going on for them, figure out what the best strategies and, and sort of paths are for them. Um, so we say like our coaches don't give advice. We'll help you. We'll guide you, but we don't give advice. Talk a little bit about uh, who your coaches are. The yes. people that are responding. That's one of the first questions we get. So coaches are pretty much in two buckets. One, they're former educators, right? So people who are who have been working with kids their whole lives, really love and get a lot of fulfillment from that, but may or may not be in the classroom or in a school building anymore. So that's one bucket. And the second one is mental health professionals. And they, some of them are licensed counselors, licensed social workers, and some of them are working to getting their license. What's really important about both of those buckets is they all have to go through our proprietary training. So we've created a training that's all CBT, DBT, ACT based, and it's structured to provide the best strategies that can be leveraged in through this medium, right? If you think about when you're chatting with someone via text, you don't know what their body language is, right? You can't see certain things about them. So what are the strategies that are the most effective through this medium? That's what we focus on. 
And we also focus a lot on relatable language and you know what are the acronyms the kids are using? What are the emojis that they're using? Like, don't send that emoji, send this one. Right? The, the, all emojis have hidden meanings. <laughs> so we that's part of the training too, because again, meeting kids where they're at is really, really important. And getting them to open up and feel comfortable and like building that rapport is part of being able to have an impact. So our training is based on all that. Before coaches are ever trained, even they go through a six step interview process, all the background checks you can think of, of course. And then once they go through the training, that's when they start doing simulations. And then once they pass those simulations, we continue, they, they're, they're able to start coaching. What's really important though, is that, that the training doesn't just stop there. We continue on a weekly basis to provide more skills and more training. Some of it is, you know, situational. Like we, we were working with the school in Michigan after the shooting in Michigan State happened that where in a lot of the kids there had siblings. So we talk about, okay, how do you support kids through grieving? How do you support the kids through this fear? So it might be more, you know, current event based. Other might be more strategy based. It's like, okay, hey, I, we noticed a lot of you guys are apologizing when kids share feelings with you. It's we we can't apologize because it makes kids feel shameful and they, it feels like they should feel it makes them feel like they should be apologizing for feeling upset or feeling angry. Uh, what here's different sort of sentence starters you can use instead. So it's it, it varies depending on sort of that week and those weeks needs. But what's really special is that we're taking the actual activity that's happening on the platform, analyzing that, and then building training in response to that. So you're in a position to be both seeing what individual coaches are, are doing in their responses, as well as catching overall patterns that then guides you as to uh, what, what's, what, what's the next step to work on. Exactly. And that's sort of the second stool or leg of the stool for us. It's the data piece. So we realized that with all these kids coming in and talking to us, we were able to discern some pretty significant patterns for each school site. So as an example, one of the middle schools we were working with, we noticed that in the first couple of weeks of working with them, their kids were talking a lot about academic pressures and feeling a ton of pressure that this, the teachers were putting on them. And when we met with the principal, she was so surprised. <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? Like they show up, like, you know, they don't care. They're just chilling. And it was this really great empathy building moment. We're like, oh, wait, like they actually do care. And they're acting out in this way because the pressure is so high, not because they don't care. And there's just like, imagine the impact that that can have on the teacher and how they might frame things differently, how they might help students differently now that they know, okay, they really do care right because every every educator gets frustrated when they don't when the kid doesn't seem to the kids don't seem to care right but knowing that it's actually the opposite can be a really have a really big impact so we, that's the second piece and we do bi-monthly meetings with school site leaders so that they understand the cures the trends and then we realize that you know telling them what the problems are isn't good enough <laughs> we should also tell them how to address them so we started creating content that is responsive to those needs specifically. So things like we see kids that are feeling that there's a lot of bullying going on. So how how do you work with bullies? There's a, a lot of kids that are that can't go to sleep 
So within sleep hygiene is really poor. So how do we support them with your strategies that you can use to go to sleep and you know don't use your device 30 minutes before, things like that. And those things are then taught to the whole school, not just to the kids who opt in. So during an advisory period, during a homeroom, every kid will see it, will have access to it. And then that way it gets they get prompted of, oh, I could talk to Playful about this either now or later. And it creates this sort of cycle of one, wellness, where they're learning these strategies, two, awareness that they can reach out for help and that like, hey, here's another tool that's there for you. And three, we're using the same tools across the different touch points, right? So then over time, they start to actually like, they're exercising the same muscle and start to hopefully become their own coaches. Gotcha. So it's that, that's really where the power comes in. And then one of the funny, you know, unexpected value pops has been that teacher, we send the, the weekly journal every week and teachers do them. And they're like, yeah, yeah, I'm just testing it for my students. <laughs> but then some <laughs> like wink, wink, uh, they're doing it for themselves, right? So we're like Trojan horsing these tools into their lives too. One of them is saying that like, she's like, oh, I shared it with my husband because he hasn't, he doesn't know how to take an apology. And he, it was a journal on how to apologize. So it, there's some really fun, unexpected, positive consequences uh, that end up having a halo effect in the community too. So are, are your coaches in a, in a position to um, identify a student who needs more than just the coaching response and, and then connect to the school with that? Definitely. That's a big part of what we do. We have very robust protocols depending on the need, uh, right? So you can think about what we call it code three. Code three is the most intense, like imminent harm to self or others. And in that case, we can literally call the school to initiate a lockdown or to do an in-person wellness check if it's during school hours. If it's not during school hours, we will call an emergency agency on file to get the student support. That's why it's so important that we know who the student is, right, that they sign in with an account. It's not just like, you know, a number that they're texting anonymously. So that one's really important. And then code two is more child protective services. So things, you know, child abuse, neglect and abandonment, and we'll make the report for the school too. So we really see ourselves as an extension of the team because we can then say, hey, we've made this report. Here's the student. Here's how you can best support them and be partners in that work, right? So the school say like, great, thank you for checking in with them now and relay any important information back to us that they can share. Uh, because we're non-clinical, we can share a little bit more than they are able to, right? Because we're sort of mandated via uh, FERPA and COPA, not HIPAA. So we can share details of like, hey, this kid is self-harming. This kid is is experiencing extreme bullying in a way that allows us to truly be a school partner without sort of breaking any privacy laws. So what are some of the the, the findings that you've uh, that you've uh, gathered uh, so far and how does that uh, influencing where you're looking to head? The most exciting one is just the level of usage. I mean, I started this because I wanted to reach kids like me who would never have walked into a counselor's office. And we see 30 to 40 percent of kids using it in the first couple months. Right? Like our goal is definitely to get to 100. And I've just been so 
impressed and excited by the number of kids coming in and talking about real stuff that's going on in their lives, right? Like it, it, it's very clear that this is something that was, that is needed. And that, you know, makes our team feel really, really good because it's clear the impact that we're having. Um, one after every chat, we ask kids for feedback. And one of them a couple of weeks ago said, thank you for what you're doing because this stuff is life changing and life saving. Mm. And I just started crying. I'll bet. <laughs> it's so impactful. And like, we'll see so many of these conversations, so many of the feed, so much of the feedback coming in. And it's, see, it's so incredibly articulate and thoughtful and empathetic. And I think just, just seeing that when kids are given kindness and empathy and care and love, they give that back to you in a really beautiful way is like, that's been the most impactful part. Um, we also do, obviously we do, we have metrics and we track both like usage and impact metrics on the road. One of the usage metrics we look at is by demographics. So we see 45% of our chatters are boys. And again, going back to that, like access and equity piece, it's like, okay, great, we're reaching a demographic that wouldn't typically be the one that's like raising their hand for help, right? So that's really, really powerful. Ah. And at the, I mean, we're also going back to the escalations, it's being able to identify kids that weren't even on school's radars, right? I, I'm having this strange thought in my mind that how many of the conversations are about the, uh, the, 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 the students' phone and apps being the problem and it's mm -hmm. like you you've turned around and taken it and see the phone and the app as part of the solution yeah because so this probably is very informed by my time at nearpod so i was part of the founding team at nearpod and we took what as ipads and chromebooks are making their way into the classroom and teachers didn't know what to do with them we were we looked at those devices and we're like these are incredible learning device devices let's turn them into something that where kids can know that they can learn with them, that they're not just for gaming, they're not just for community, they're for learning too. And giving them that mindset shift is really important because then they see that device as a completely different tool. So we see it the same way. And, you know, of course, there's a lot of things that we still have to work through as, an, as a community in terms of, you know, what the social media engagement look like and good digital citizenship and how to not be mean to people online just because you're not saying it to their face, right? There's a lot of work to do there still. And if we can teach them to use this in a positive way, imagine the impact, right? I was talking to a school counselor yesterday who said, it's their going to Google and like find these sketchy chat rooms anyway. Why not give them a place that's actually safe and vetted where they can have these conversations and not feel judged, right? It still has the same value, right? It's still sort of someone who's you're not going to run into them at the store, <laughs> right? Someone that's not that doesn't know you, but it's it's safe. And we are also very straight, like we don't, we don't ask you for your address. We don't ask you for your name. Like we're trying to instill these good practices of like don't share private information with strangers online and we're here to support you and like this community cares about you so I'm, I'm wondering before we close out here i'm guessing there's some uh 
most often asked questions that come your way that I didn't think to ask you. So I want to give you an open uh, spot here to stick any of those in. You asked the top two, which are who are the coaches and what are the escalation protocols? Yeah. The third one is really how hard is this to roll out? And, you know, at a time where schools are overwhelmed and understaffed and there's a lot going on, we really see this as a an added tool to both teachers and counselors tool belts right because like we were talking earlier the ratios are not <laughs> where we want them to be and our educators are carrying a lot right whether it's the emotional baggage and like intensity of the, the things that students bring into the classroom with them or whether it's just the need, the desire to want to meet with every student knowing that you can't, right? Like the most often thing I get told is like, I wish I could clone myself. I'm like, I wish you could too, but here's the next <laughs> thing. When you roll it out, do you, you prep somebody at the school that does the presentation to the students? Yeah, we right now we are actually going in person. So my co-founder is actually at a school site right now doing a PD for teachers in middle school and high school to get that so the teachers are the ones who roll it out and we give them all the materials needed it's really just a video and here's how you set up the account and from there they will assign a specific day typically during an advisory period to roll it out to the whole student body and what's good about that is that because everyone gets an account there's no sort of like oh wait you want to talk to like that's lame everyone's just like okay there's this new thing and it breaks down that barrier because kids are, you know, they're judging and they care. So they, they have a lot of social capital to protect. So it's important to think about that in the rollout and make it as seamless and, you know, it's like not a big deal as possible. But all of that happens through all these materials that we've created. We have all the parent communication. We have posters that we'll put up in schools, right? So there's all these different ways to help the school implement and make the most of it. And interestingly, the, the schools that we've worked with ha have worked with multiple partners, right? Because they, they had a need and they're looking at different solutions. And the feedback we get is that we were the easiest to implement. So we take that. And, and I think it's because our team is former educators, right? Like we know what it takes to run a classroom. We know what it takes to run a school. And where that empathy goes a really long way because we can design for that system. Well, let folks know how they can uh, follow up with you. Yes, we created a little link for your community. Uh, so if you want to learn more, go to clayfold.co slash ponders. Made it super simple. And, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. And then feel free to reach out. We can get, hop on a call, give you more information. Uh, we're really, really excited to expand the impact and are looking for innovative school leaders who know that there's a need and are excited to try something new. Well, I'm, uh, I'm glad that you connected with me and that I had a chance to, uh, to share this message out with others. I'll, uh, I'll look forward to following up with you and uh, making the new discoveries that, uh, that you're making uh, uh, along the way. I, I think it's Real, I, I know that it's really important uh, work that needs to be done right now. Oh, I'll, I'm sure we'll be learning a lot over the next year. And so, so we'll, we'll be back. <laughs> okay. Have a great day. Thank you.
Thanks for listening, folks. I'd love to hear what you're pondering. You can find me on Twitter or LinkedIn at Steve Barkley, or send me your questions and find my videos and blogs at barkleypd.com.